All right. Welcome to the Jordan and Stefan Hour. This is the hour we give ourselves every other week to connect. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Stefan Schreiber. Hey, Stefan. Hey, Jordan. How you doing today, man? Ah, it's been a day, just like every day, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, today, I don't know where it is where you are, but there is the promise of beautiful skies, beautiful weather. We are looking forward to getting some outside vitamin D time later today. Uh, so for everyone who's joining us, Stefan is the superintendent of Glendive Public Schools. I am a principal of Washington Elementary in Livingston. And Stefan, today, I think we want to dig a little bit deeper on some of our conversation from last week on COVID, uh, how it has impacted people, how has it impacted schools and communities. There's a lot to dig into. We had some great conversation last time, but I think we want to get into a little bit more on how we get through this. There is a lot happening with people reaching burning points, uh, people kind of getting over it. And there's still a lot of school year left and we want to make it good. We want to make it quality. So how do we start to begin the process of keeping ourselves going at a high rate and keeping our, our teams going uh, so that we can serve our students, serve our communities and get through this year and get through this pandemic? How do we do that? Yeah, so you touched a, a little bit on what we reviewed last time, and I'll state right away that there is no easy answer to this. Um, every single person is, is different. So what we talk about isn't necessarily going to work for everyone. I'm a true believer when you talk about leadership that everyone has their own strengths, everyone has who they are as a person. And so our job as leaders is to try to help them build their strengths and have their leadership style built around that. And so it's the same thing for trying to fill yourself up or to try to sustain yourself or sustain others. It's really just trying to figure out what's best for them. One of the things I want to hit on right away is just what we've kind of already alluded to, but needs to be more clear is it's really difficult to sustain others when you're not sustaining yourself. I, I talk quite frequently about uh, running on fumes and you know COVID has made things exponentially explode with how much work needs to be done that whole process of trying to sustain ourselves. let me rephrase it this way to try to sustain others when you are on fumes how do you how do you do that and I, I'm not real good at that to be honest with you and I haven't done a really good job during the pandemic, during this last past year to do that. But there's lots of different ways. But one thing I'm really realizing lately is I have to do a better job of sustaining myself. And that is one of the biggest things I have taken out of this and, and really have learned in the last two months uh, is when it's really started to, to show me how I, I, it's not just saying that I've always known that, but actually doing it. Yeah, that's a key point. I mean, it's, it's an easy thing to say. How do we, how do we turn it into action? And when part of sustaining yourself requires giving yourself the time and latitude to do the things that get you back, get you back up and ready to lead. When you are going a hundred miles an hour all the time, but the pace of work you have to do is 200 miles an hour. How do you give yourself that time? That's a hard thing to figure out. But I think the question starts with, you had mentioned to support other people, you have to understand them. You have to try to figure out what, what works for them. How do, you, how do you learn about people and what are the things that keep them going? And before you can do that, you have to figure that out for yourself. So you have to figure out for you what are the things that keep you going. And that's for everyone. That's not just you and I, right? I mean we can try to make efforts to sustain people and create conditions to help them keep going. But it is in a lot of ways, a, a individual personal endeavor and people need to figure out how do I sustain myself? And that starts with learning about yourself. What are the things specific to me that keep me going? And I know that I have tried to build a regimen 
of proper sleep. Oh, dude, sorry, distraction moment. Part of living in a small town is that once in a while you have two little mule deer bucks. Oh, wait, four little mule deer bucks walking right by your window. Five. Oh, my goodness. This is like, this is awesome. So uh, <laughs> sometimes I have uh, genuine HD, uh, ADD, and other times it's a moment like that where you're just like, oh, man, look at that. That's cool. So that was fun. Yeah, I have, I have tried to build for me. What is the system that's going to keep me going? And like you, I fail at it uh, from time to time, but I try to make sure I get a bunch of sleep. I try to eat well, avoid the sugars. I was thinking earlier today, I take a lot of supplements. I don't know about you, but I take a lot of different supplements. I take collagen, turmeric, a bunch of joint supplements, some things that are like, it's it's this thing called a new mood by Onnit. Sort of like a you know healthy kind of be less stressed out hopefully, and I was thinking about it. I take so many supplements. I treat it kind of like a a high school sophomore in chemistry class who's like mostly paying attention. Mm-hmm. I just like there's kind there's a bunch of different chemicals out there, and I'm just kind of throwing them in and hoping it doesn't explode. But supplements are a big part of what I do to try to keep myself balanced, keep myself healthy, and then the big one is. I need once in a while, a good, genuine, hard workout, sweat out that just like it tears me down to nothing. And, and then from that moment, I kind of feel flushed out. I had a couple of those this past week and each one was painful. And then afterwards, I definitely felt better. So I'm hoping to get another one of those either later today or tomorrow. What are the things that you do specifically that you know specific to yourself are things you need to build into either a daily or weekly practice to keep yourself going? I think what you're talking about this daily routine, kind of how you've mentioned it, it's hard to talk about that without talking about this one word that's really important in leadership education, whatever you look at as being intentional. Something that at times that is really where I, I fail. When I start talking about this and I say I fail, it's because I'm failing to be intentional. And I'm not putting it on my calendar. I'm not making sure I'm doing the things to make it happen. When I get into those specific things for myself, I know what those things are. It's just how do you continue to do those things? Um, If you think about why most New Year's resolutions fail, it's because they have not been intentional about what they want to accomplish. It's great to have a goal, but how do you make that goal something that you're going to follow through with? It's that accountability. It's that follow through. That's really important. And that comes from being intentional. And so what I know about myself is if I do things on my own, I have to be very passionate about it in order to keep it going. But my passions aren't always going to overcome the daily tasks in my life that has to get done. So those immediate needs that in my job or whatever. And so I have to make sure that I'm learning this, that I have to make sure that I'm intentional. I've always known this, but it's really been the last couple of months that I've really understood what that meant. And so that that it being intentional is I've put things on my calendar like example of of this, you know, me and you started this whole podcast, which is being intentional about marking time in our calendars just to talk every two weeks. And then that turned into, hey, we should do a podcast, which brings us here. You know, I've done the same thing with other pieces. I've put workouts down. I've, I've really tried hard to do that. But part of that is also being intentional about who else, not just put it on my calendar, because I put on things on my calendar before, and still didn't follow through with it. So I've learned about myself. I need to have another piece to this, which is an accountability partner to keep me accountable. That's something that works really, really well with me. And which is also comes back to you and me and why we get along because we have some of the same interests and so forth, but we're also very different in other areas. But it's that accountability piece. It's that camaraderie, that competition as to, hey, we need to make sure that we keep each other accountable. And so those are the two main things to me is, is putting things on my calendar, being intentional, but then also being intentional about who I have in my life to help me 
fulfill this. And in order to do that, you really have to talk to people about what your goals are so that they can help you be accountable. I have brought people in my life for doing that in the last few months, a mentor, um, different people in my life that is really important to me that I know can do that. Um, you know, you, Jordan, is one of them. My brother, Eric, is another. There's other people that I, I have that is, is really important. And I've been reaching out to them because they can't help me unless I tell them. And so I've been really being intentional about that. So once I have those pieces in place, now I can do the things that really fill me up. And not just do them because I can do them, but now I can sustain those because that's really what it's about is sustaining. But vision is something that really fills me up. I love thinking about what could be that drives my passion. And when it's in an area of education and leadership, I get very passionate about it and that being able to think that. And so when the daily grind happens and I don't get to do that, I just go through the motions. And so being able to really be that visionary being creative, doing things that really helps me on that area. Like this podcast, this podcast fills me up every single time because I get to talk about leadership and education, two of my favorite things, you know? And so there's lots of other things, but those are, well, those are the main things. So like with you, Jordan, you know, you talked about some of the things that fill you up a little bit, but how are you making sure that you're sustaining those things? Well, you brought up a good point and it's something I want to circle back on a little bit. And that is I have to the best of my ability, I've built up the routine that you have described. And that includes fitness, sleep, nutrition, connecting with people who are important to you. But I left out a key piece and you touched on it. And that is how it all fits into a larger goal. Like where, where is it leading to? It's, it's the difference for me of, I have a couple things that I'm training for right now. And so I have these goals. Like I, I need to get ready for a 25 K in June. I need to get ready for the Murph workout on Memorial day. And so that, that orients me in those routines. Like the most recent workout I did, it was very focused around the last time I did Murph, it kicked my butt. <laughs> I got crushed by it, um, especially the squats. Like I got halfway through and I was cramping up. Like that was a nightmare. So this workout I did, I focused on making sure I get some good squat practice in. Versus if you are just working out and you don't necessarily have it oriented towards something, I always find it a little bit harder to get motivated to do it. And so it's the same thing with the routine writ large is it has to be pointed towards some larger vision. And you and I both have goals for bettering our community, uh, being an influencer in a positive way uh, to, to try to impact others around us. That is in some ways like the largest goal. And then you need to parse it down into smaller goals that you can like put a actionable steps into. But that vision, that vision is a really key, key point. And then it allows you to be intentional with your routines because you know where they're going. Now, I don't know if we want to jump off of this quite yet, but something that is, if you want to sustain people, right, you need to figure out what you need to learn about those people. Okay. That in itself is a huge undertaking. How do you learn? about people? How do you figure out some pretty individualized uh, support systems that people need in order to be sustained? Uh, that's a huge question. How do you learn about people? You know, for instance, just this week, um, I was working with a staff member who is an incredibly stoic person. And for the first time ever, there was a, there's a moment of weakness um, as we are all prone to myself included. And it was a challenge to work through with that person, a, because the situation itself was difficult, but B because, because this person is so stoic, I didn't really have a framework for understanding how to help that person. Cause I'd never been in that situation before. They were so self-sustaining that never really needed me. So in some ways it turned out to be a good thing 
because in that moment, I was able to learn about that person from that person. And now I know in moments ahead, if there are, and I'm sure there will be, you know, moments of weakness, moments of frustration, I have a better idea of how to support that person. But how do we get there? How do we get to that understanding? I don't want it always to be like through a painful process. Absolutely. And what you're touching on to me is the whole purpose of education <laughs> mm. is how do you, when you're talking about academics, when you're talking about whatever, it's what is going to help someone, we really have to individualize. And that is one of the hardest things to do in education because you have 30 kids in your classroom, how do you individualize in every single subject for 30 kids? Well, it's the same thing as a leader. You know, we have 200 to 250 staff. That's a lot of people to individualize. How do you individualize this, this concept of trying to sustain people? That's really difficult. And so it's not just about individualization. It's also about differentiation. And can you differentiate and help those groups? But even with that big of a group, it's still really difficult to do that if you're going on different wants and needs and so forth. But I think uh, the biggest thing is, are you doing something or are you not doing something? Because if we allow this big topic as to whether or not we differentiate, individualize, how do we do this per person, but we just sit there and it paralyzes us, that doesn't help anything. But really it's about, just like it is in the classroom, to me, everything revolves around relationships. And there's different versions of the three R's, but the three R's I always talk about is what people call rigor, relevance, and relationships. And I say it's backwards. It's really relationships, relevance, then rigor. And one day we're gonna get into that and why I feel like that's important, but really I believe that the first step in anything is relationships. But even in a position like mine as a superintendent, yes, I can try to build relationships, but that's gonna look different than it does for you as a building principal that you get to talk with those staff members every single day. Mine is I get to see them every once in a while. I might get to send a video to them. It'll be an email. It's a totally different piece, but it's still, how do you still build relationships? Because that relationship is how you get to know who they are to help you form how you're going to sustain them or help them to sustain themselves. Cause that's really what it's about, but it's really a, a leadership piece because in my position, I don't necessarily need that relationship with them like you do as a principal. It's something that I've been learning. Do I want that relationship with them? Yes, but it's just impossible. I can't do that with 200 staff. I don't have that daily interaction. It's like, you know, you can have a best friend, that best friend moves away and you're going to call each other quite often. And that goes down. Your relationship's going to change because you don't see them every single day. That's just how it works. You need that daily interaction. I think that's a, a big piece depending on where you're at and how you do that. Well, my relationships need to be my, the leaders of the district, my building administrators, my district level administrators. That's who my relationships need to be so that then they then go down and have that relationship with their staffs. And so it, it's this trickle down to try to really help. But that relationship is the first step, I believe, in trying to help people when they're trying to sustain through tough times. That's big. I mean, that's big, right? Because it's, uh, it's a fundamental underpinning of creating the conditions for people to grow. And that's what we're talking about, right? Is you and I have both said to each other through this pandemic, it has been a bend don't break <laughs> stretch of time. And we have grown from it part of struggle is growth uh, if you're doing it right. I think I, maybe we're talking about this in a little bit, maybe the language we're using isn't totally accurate because we're talking about sustaining people as if it is, we are the active agent in sustaining people. I think that's, I don't think that's totally accurate because sustaining people is something that is done by the individual. What we do 
what we try to do is, as you're describing, create the conditions under which people can go through struggle, fail, and trust that when they fail or when they are vulnerable, they are not going to be chastised, right? That they can have those moments and they can grow from them. And that all depends on trust and trust all depends on a relationship. So relationship, as you're saying, is the fundamental underpinning to growing through struggle. And it goes back to something you said earlier about all of these things, even our routines are dependent on the people around us who we can lean on in order to get through tough times when we go through those to reflect and, and grow from them. Um, I know that for myself over the last year, we're, uh, we're at March 12th right now. I think it was March 13th of last year. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think it was March 13th of was last, the last year. Was the last day was the that we last had day. the school. Yep. Yes. And so we're, we're on one, exactly one year, approximately, you know, one day off, but mm -hmm. this last year, and it's been more than a year because um, our teams were gearing up for COVID. We were aware of it and we were planning and we were doing a bunch of different stuff to anticipate this pandemic because it was spreading and, and we saw the writing on the wall. We knew it was going to get here eventually. So it truly has been more than a year. So for this year plus that this has been going on, I know that there have been so many key people in my life that I, with whom I have a relationship and trust, that trust is absolute, who I have had to lean on. And there are people who have come into my life over that year who have become that for me. And it is difficult sometimes in a professional setting to build that kind of underpinning of trust that is needed for growth through struggle. But it is something we have to strive towards. And one of the ways that I try to do it is I just, because I'm, I'm imperfect at it. In fact, I'd, I'd probably rate myself as being pretty bad. But um, one of the ways I try to do it is be just being present for people. Uh, like the situation I was talking about earlier, I noticed that the person was struggling in the afternoon then because, you know, life is busy. I didn't get a chance the whole afternoon to connect with that person again. And so I basically, and this is a, this is a failure, I saw that person struggling and then I functionally ignored them <laughs> for the rest of the afternoon until later that night where I was like, oh yeah, that happened today. I need to check in on that person. And so um, I was able to call them and talk to them and have a really, really, really good conversation. But there are also times when, because there's so much going on, it's hard to be there and be present for people. And so sometimes you need people to be able to be comfortable coming to you because you maybe don't have the present agency to be able to seek them out. And that goes back again to relationships and trust that they know they can come to you. Hmm. You unpacked a lot for me on that. There, I was writing down like crazy some points that you made and I don't know how I'm going to do it justice being able to kind of reflect upon that and expand on that uh, I have so many thoughts going through my head right now uh, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uh, mostly when, when I'm mostly when that happens when I talk like that it's kind of like um have you seen the movie old school uh with Will Ferrell there's there's yeah, a part in that movie ago, but where he gives, he gives some kind of incredible speech and then he's just like, I blacked out, what happened? I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened. So that's that's what happens to me in those moments. I don't actually know what I said. Well, that was awesome. Well, I'm just gonna kind of recap some things because we've talked about it being intentional. Mm -hmm. We've talked about relationships and you've kind of added in the trust piece to that. So relationships and trust, right? So important. And then you went on to start saying something I was kind of in my, when I was talking, understanding that our job is not to sustain people. That's really their job. Mm 
And then you went on by saying, really, our job is to, and you didn't say it this way, but really, well, you kind of did create the conditions mm -hmm. to help people sustain themselves. And that's exactly so true. And I was starting to, I reflected upon education. Like our job as educators is to create the conditions for the student to be successful. We exactly. can't force anybody to do anything. They have their own choices, but our job is to do the things that we know is going to create a good environment for learning to happen. So our job is to create those conditions so that they're not frustrated, that they're in, in what I would call the window um, the sweet spot of, of learning. And it's the same thing, you know, so you're saying, you know, create the conditions. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. How do we create those conditions? Because in my mind, it went right to not only creating the conditions, but how do you create the conditions for them to first reflect? Mm -hmm. Because they need to be able to reflect upon this, just like I had to. I, I've always known that I needed to do a better job, but I never had the time to reflect. I think it's one of the skill sets that is missing more in education, and, and not just education, I'm sure it's everywhere, but we don't have the time to reflect, which is why it's so important to have people in your life that you can talk to that will get you to reflect. That's why coaching is so valuable for people in any profession is having a coach. Yes, mentorship is great, but a coach is going to help you reflect and help you bring out the answers for you because you're different than anybody else. And, and so how do we create that, the conditions for them to reflect? And when, you, when we start talking about this pandemic that has been going on for now a year, right? And the reason why I even knew that, that would have probably surprised me. I knew we were getting close, but. It, I'm actually working on an email to our staff right now to say, can you believe it's a year? Look at all this crap that we had to go through. But then, because I want them to reflect upon that. But what I really want them to reflect upon, it's really about trying to create the conditions. And so then it's about, with adversity, gives you the greatest opportunity to grow. And to me, that's the most important part of this email that's going to be sent out is how do I get them to shift from the negative and really flip it to the positive and understand what else we've done in the last year? Because we have done so many wonderful things in the world of education, what we've done for our students, and that is being shoved under the carpet, not wanting to be talked about. Everyone wants to focus on all the negative things. And so to try to flip people, to get them to create that condition that you were talking about, to get them to reflect upon, holy crap, yeah, it's, it's kind of sucked, but look at all this great things that we have done over this last year. It is pretty phenomenal, to be honest with you. And, um, and I know it's not just here in Glendale Public Schools, this is all over. Um, what educators have had to do to shift has been phenomenal. I mean, we have teachers in our district that were writing on chalkboards and they had to, the last day, March you know, 13th, and then on the 16th, all of a sudden, they're having to go remote. The whole world changed. And now they're having to deal with uh, remote learning. And how do, how do you make that kind of shift? I mean, that's a huge shift to make. Hats off to everyone because holy crap it has been a year of a lot of negatives but there's way more positives and so to get people listening to reflect upon in whatever your life is look at the positives how do you flip it to look at that because they're there they're there absolutely i mean if you go back to march 13th of last year and you play out the different scenarios you play them forward for the next year what we did in education, it was a little bit like a balloon in a field of cactuses. Like what we were able to pull off <laughs> was incredible. But right now we're still focused on the cactuses, um, not realizing that we have grown so much from that. We're not a balloon anymore. We're past that. You know, we've built something better and we've grown more. Part of sustaining people is perspective giving. We can try to do that as much as possible. And you're describing how you are 
going about that process right now. You are going to bring attention to rather than all the negative, all the cactuses, you're going to bring attention to guys. Can you believe what we have done in the last year and where we are? Yeah, it's been hard, but did you ever think we would get here? There was no guarantee that that was going to happen. And we're, we're further ahead than we thought we would be. Um, so part of sustaining people is perspective giving. And I know for you and I, that's something that I get perspective from you. I get perspective from uh, my colleagues. I get perspective from my teachers, uh, from my fiance, from friends. And I also, I make efforts to seek out perspectives that will orient my thinking in a more constructive way. You know, I am going to, <laughs> one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stay off social media uh, and I am not going to seek out a lot of those perspectives. Um, some of it is useful and you can find some good perspectives on social media, but there are, there are negative perspectives that are pervasive and they are insidious and infectious in their own right. And so a, a person needs to guard against perspectives that are not going to sustain you, that are going to have the opposite effect, that give time and attention to this negative perspective. You will be in a worse place today, next week, a year from now, than you would be if you sought out a, a more constructive perspective. And so that is, um, I'm glad you're putting together that email because that's a key part of this. Another part, this is, it goes back to what you said about scheduling things for yourself. There is this dichotomy that I have had to grapple with lately where part of what is very healthy for me and what I really benefit from is the adult equivalent of unstructured play for kids. The version of that for me is like getting outside, going for a walk, kind of getting a disconnected from everything, turn off the phone, turn everything off, get disconnected and don't be listening to a podcast, not an audiobook, nothing. And you just let your brain cycle for a while. That is for me, one of the healthiest things that I do what's counterintuitive about the current era is I have had to schedule that for myself. So I am, I am structuring my unstructured time, but if you don't do it, if you don't schedule it, you're not going to, other things are going to come up. That's just the way things are now. Other things will come up. So you have to, you have to give yourself the time to reflect and seek out those perspectives in order to reorient yourself, or at least that's true for me. Yeah. And, it, and it's so important to control your calendar. Otherwise your calendar will control you. It's something that's imprinted on my brain. Now um, I try to live it out. I still fail at it, but always holds back true. It's that intentionality. And it's, it's interesting when you say I have to structure my unstructured time uh, as, as kind of comical, but it's, it's so true having to be able to do that in this, and this perspective giving that you talk about is so important and it really goes back to reflection, but something else that you had talked about that I didn't get to, to bring up, but it goes along with perspective giving is being present. Being present, I really believe if we're talking about creating an environment, creating these conditions, the environment for people to help sustain themselves, it's one of the best things that we can do is be present when we're talking to people. I think a lot of times if we can reflect upon ourselves, when we think we're being present, we're still not being present because whose perspective is it that's most important? Is it if I'm listening to you, Jordan, and I'm like, yeah, I'm present, but your perspective is I'm not. I'm looking at my watch. I'm doing whatever. Am I really present? If you feel like I'm not, does it matter what I think? Or is it a re, is it the perspective of the other person? And so I, I mentioned that because I just listened to Simon Sinek on this actually just very recently. And he really talked about that is it's really the other person. 
it's about the other person. I'm like, he is so absolutely right on this um, because it doesn't matter what I think. Everything is perspective. And, you know, Jordan, you've heard me talk about this all the time. It's about getting a shared perspective. Everything's about a shared perspective. When, if me and you are having a conversation and we leave the room thinking that we're on the same page and it's, we're not, that's where conflict happens. We have to make sure before we leave that we have a shared perspective. Well, the only way that happens is by being present and listening. And that's all conflict in general. And so I need to be able to be present for you to listen. And you need to feel like I'm being present and I'm actually truly hearing what you're saying because until then it's not going to be reciprocated and I'm not going to be able to give you a different perspective. All I'm going to hear is your perspective. But once you feel that and I do my communication skills by perception checking and paraphrasing and summarizing to make sure we're on the same page and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Now all of a sudden your walls go down. Now I can then bring something into the conversation if I want to have that. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that's happening in our country right now is no one wants to be present and listen. And so then their perspective doesn't matter, which is why you're talking about social media and being off of that because right now it's so polarized. No one's willing to be present and listen. No one's doing that. No one wants to come in the middle and say, you know what? It's okay that you think differently than me. That's totally fine. There's lots of things that, Jordan, you and me do not agree on, but we have great conversations when it comes to that, but it's because we're willing to be present. We're willing to listen to the other person. We respect the other person as a human being that they can have that view. And I'm going to listen. I'm going to take it in. I'm going to say, wow, I've never thought of it that way before, but what about this? Here's my perception. And all of a sudden that being present is so important and so those really all go to hand to hand, that reflection, the being present, the perspective giving. Like right now in our district, I think, you know, talk about perspective, you know, our word for the year is grace. I mean, I thought it was a pretty fitting word for this year because we knew of how much struggles we went through just to get to this year. And we knew that we were going to have to focus on that. But if you were to talk to anybody in our district right now, no one thinks grace is being given to them. They, they, their perspective is not that they actually are frustrated with the word because they don't feel like that is happening. And that's a tough place to be in. And so the question is, is, you know, they, they don't feel like they're being heard. They're being listened to. That's what that says. And so giving that other perspective, the only way they'll get to know that, because that, I don't think that's true in our district. I think grace is being given all over the place. It's just people aren't feeling that way, which means that that listening, they're not being heard. They don't feel that way. And that's what's important is how do we get people to feel that way? Because once people feel that way, that's some of the first steps to helping them sustain themselves. You know, it's really getting them into a positive mindset, you know. Um, same thing for myself. That's I have to get myself in a positive mindset. Otherwise, I'm down <laughs> rabbit hole, not feeling very good, getting paralyzed because of too many things happening. I uh, I didn't really catch much of that. I was uh, checking March Madness scores on ESPN. So <laughs> you weren't being um, very present. What you're saying? It was no, I I just like to keep up with that. Is March Madness happening right now? Is that a thing? I think that's the thing. No idea. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with COVID this year, but I think they're doing that. So, yeah, no, I, um, again, uh, it's kind of like you said earlier, there's a lot to unpack there. Being present is a big thing. Um, I think one of the reasons you and I get along well is because certain people listen at a, at a particular cadence. I appreciate talking talking with and so you have been you've been that for me in, in a lot of ways uh, and I have always appreciated your perspective on things and I think that's one of the reasons that we don't agree on a lot of stuff not that's not true that's not the right way of saying it um, we agree on plenty of stuff but there are things that we disagree on but just totally your, great. The, the cadence with which you speak and the way in which you listen I get excited to talk about those things with you because I know you're approaching them in an extremely thoughtful manner. Um, and so I think that is, you know, you asked the question of like, how do, how do we get people to feel that way that grace is being offered? And I think part of it comes down to the quality of our listening. Now, 
you can go into situations where you're really focused on being a good listener and giving perspective and some people will respond in a way where if you don't adopt to their way of thinking you weren't listening and that's not a good perspective either you know that's not a healthy perspective either there has to be both sides have to approach the conversation through the idea of um, I might not be entirely right and I'm willing to compromise middle ground and and find new understanding and so quality of conversation and understanding of grace is dependent on both people it's not something that um, I can say to you Stefan you're the superintendent of Glendive Public Schools in order for grace to be given you have to be the person who listens and understands that's not entirely it either it has to be it has to go both ways both parties involved have to be actively listening seeking understanding and working to if i'm really listening to you i'm not trying to convince you of my way of thinking i am trying to ask you questions to understand why you think the way you do and that's that's a hard that's a really high level conversation and sometimes those conversations are hard hard to have because people are frayed from an ongoing pandemic they are drained they are burned out they are emotionally heightened because something happened and when you're in that state it's hard to have that conversation and so part of this equation is for everyone involved to be able to take a step back and themselves give grace to slow down and try to see you as complexly of a person as you are and all of the things that you see and then hopefully we can get to a place of greater shared understanding but there is a lot that goes into grace so it's 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 one of those dangerous words right because the the incomplete understanding of grace can lead to conflict absolutely and it is really difficult in a time where a pandemic hits when things are negative when you're not allowed to do things when uh, different things happen when society seems like they're more polarized than ever where social media just and how their algorithms happen put you down a certain track to make things even more spread out um, it is it is really difficult but then it goes back to what we've talked about before our job as leaders is not to try to sustain people our job is to try to create the conditions in order to do that and one of the things i feel like for me, and I do agree with you, my job is not to, to listen to every single person, right? It's impossible. It goes back to that piece. But it is my job to, when I have a conversation with a person, that I do that, I be present. And I, tr and I try to do that. But it's also because you have individuals, and then you have as a group. It's the same thing as a teacher or anybody that has, you know, multiple people, it's those relationships, but how do you do it as a whole? And that's the thing in my district that I feel like when I had to put my head down and do the task to get things done because information was changing, everything was going on. I wasn't able to step back and do some of those things to really help drive the district conversation. And what are we doing to help create that environment for people to reflect and to think about things in a different way, that different perspective. And that's something that I've, I, I think that now that I know that we are starting to change things. We just put out a newsletter. We've never had a newsletter, <laughs> you know, um, we, we we're doing different things. We are, we're, we're understanding the importance to be able to give people the same opportunities that I'm starting to find for myself. And we're not going to be able to hit everyone. I mean, even that newsletter, I bet you, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to have a way to track it, but I would assume most people are not going to read it. I hope they do. I hope they pick something out and I hope something gives them inspiration or whatever. That's what it's there for, but I can't 
force anybody to read anything but hopefully one person will get something and say hey that was really good and then they talk and then that builds and then we can start getting more content out there to really help people in creating that the conditions for them to reflect and to get a different perspectives so that they they can go that way it's just really trying to create opportunities for people to do that when mm -hmm. you're looking as a whole mm -hmm. and that's the thing i don't feel like i've done a very good job of you know uh, i'm a big believer in failing forward right it's only a fail failure if you notice it and you stop and you don't do anything about it but if you learn from it right that's where the magic is it's not about what the past happened it's about what you're going to do with that past information so what are you going to do and so what we're going to do is we're going to start saying okay well i can't change the past what i will do is change my actions moving forward and make sure that we are providing these opportunities to have these things that we're talking about start happening in our district so as you were as you were talking there's an example that came to mind and um my very first year of teaching uh i was in taiwan uh, i don't even know if i've told you this but um so I coached the triathlon team, even though I'd never done a triathlon uh, before. Um, the very first day I was in Taiwan, I was a little sleep deprived. It's a long flight over there. And we're sitting down to a staff meeting and the, uh, the principal said, we need someone to coach the triathlon team. And my buddy Dan was like, hey, Jordan, you run. And I was like, yeah, I don't do two of the other things. I don't swim, I sink. Um, and you know, not much of a long distance bike rider. So um Nonetheless, I guess I was the closest approximation to a triathlon coach. So I got to do that and it turned out to be an awesome, you know, just turned it into a great, great adventure and really made some meaningful connections with some kids who I, I stay in touch with today. It was awesome. But we, the pool that we trained at for the swimming portion was a shared pool between two schools. Our, our boarding school was right next to another school and between them, they shared a pool. And one day we went down to train in the pool, do a swimming session. There was a lock on the pool door that the, the other school had put on uh, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't even recall. But um, so I went back to our school and talked to the principal and said, hey, there's a, there's a lock on the pool door. We can't get in right now. And he responded in a way I never could have anticipated he grabbed a baseball bat from back behind his desk and he said, I've had enough of this crap. <laughs> and he walked over to the office of the other school with me trailing behind him like a scared little dog. And uh, he, he walked in there and he started pointing the baseball bat at people and yelling and saying, we needed to get this pool open and how dare you put a lock on it. And tensions rose, things, things got intense for a while. Even after the pool finally got open, my, my team and I weren't really sure how to proceed with practice, um, but we did. We went forward and got things done. But to me, that was a clinical example of how not to approach a situation that it, it, can you imagine rebuilding the trust uh, with those people after a situation like that? Like that is it might be irrevocably broken. And, and that's not entirely true because I'd like to think that, you know, trust can always be reformed, but it takes, it takes a lot to, uh, there's a line from a song I really like. It takes twice as long to build bridges you've burned. Uh, and I think that's what, that's what I observed uh, in, my, in my first year of teaching. So I think it goes a long way to saying what we have to do is, is try to, give grace even in moments when we don't feel that we are capable of giving it. We need to find a way to give that grace yeah. because if we, if we don't, it's going to be that much harder to build it up again. Yeah. That reminds me of, and what's so hard in, in COVID world, cause everyone's glass is so full. Um, it has been tough for people, but it's something I actually just wrote on my board and I'm looking at right now in my office and it's, it's about, and we've all heard this, taking the high road, right? It's about taking the high road. Well, what is the high road? Well, what's the low road? 
the low road is I'm going to treat people the, the way I want to treat people, regardless of the situation. I'm just going to treat people that way. That's the low road. The middle road is I'm going to treat people the way that they treat me. So if they're nice, I'm going to be nice. If they're mean, I'm going to be mean. But the high road is treating people better than the way they treat me. That's the high road. And so that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about grace and it's just even giving grace. Even when the perspective is grace isn't being given, we're still supposed to be taking the high road. That's what leaders do. That's what we do. We take the high road and it is the hardest thing. I have oh, had man. so many situations this oh, last year. Of, so hard. <laughs> of, you know, I don't always think that way. I am constantly thinking about the low road or even the, the middle road. Sometimes you, um, you're like, I'm willing to pay the toll to run the low road right now. I don't but care. It, but, but being able to take time and being patient and not yeah. knee jerking, I would, if I knee jerked, I would be taking the lower middle road every single time, mm -hmm. I guarantee it. But being able to reflect and going back to our values and what we're saying that we are all about and our word for the year is grace and having to reflect upon that. That's what allows that time allows for that thinking to happen because we, we can control our thinking and our actions. That's it. And so when those thoughts come into your head, that it's not the right thoughts, how you think about that, you can't control. And so by eventually reflecting and thinking that and saying, no, that's not the right road. And then being able to then act upon it as the high road. That's really, that's really where it's at. And that's our job. Our job is to do that. But I also want to, you know, you talked about trying to uh, practice what you preach. And one of the most valuable communication skills I think people should have is the ability to paraphrase or summarize. Um, there's lots of different other ones, but that's how you gain a shared perspective. And so what I want to do real quickly is I just want to summarize what we just talked about in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love because, it. Because there was quite a bit there. And so I'm going to summarize. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow us to be on the right page. Or you can correct me if I didn't get it. Now, there's a lot. So I'm gonna, I know I'm going to miss some. But I'm hitting the, the high points of this thing to try to unpack this in a more digestible manner as a, a summarization. So here's what I'm going to do. We kind of talked about self. And we talked about helping others in our sustaining, right? Self-sustaining and then with others. And so the two main things that I saw and what we can do to help sustain ourselves, because we said that that's first, is really to reflect upon what fills us up. How do we fill ourselves up? We need to first take some time to do that. We need to also look at how we can not only fill ourselves up, but what other pieces do I need to have in my life to be successful? Like for me, I need other people and I need an accountability system. And so the second step is just then becoming intentional, controlling your calendar, putting it on there, making sure whatever you have decided that's going to fill you up, you not only put on your calendar, but then you put other pieces in there to help make sure that you follow through. Because it doesn't matter what your goal is. It matters, are you moving towards that goal every single day? It's not a big jump. It's, it's step by step, right? So that's, that's what I've got in the, the self that we talked about. But then it's also about how do we sustain others? And we basically came upon our job is not to sustain others. Our job is to help create that environment. So, so that those steps are relationships, relationships, relationships. Our job is to get to know people. Our job is to not only make that relationship, but to be present with them, right? And that we do that by listening and by them walking away, understanding that we truly were hearing them, which means we had a shared perspective. So those relationships and being present is so important. And then our job is to, what we already just talked about, was, is create the conditions to help people reflect, we need to get them to be able to reflect for themselves what makes them tick, what makes them fill up, what pieces do they need to be able to make sure that they can sustain whatever they're trying to do to fill themselves up. And then it's all about 
once we can get that reflection to happen and get them going, then it's about providing opportunities for people to reflect, get ideas, because that's really important, because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so having hearing from other people, getting ideas, and then helping others to connect with each other. And it's all about creating that environment. And so, so that's kind of what I got out of this episode. How'd I do, Jordan? That was, that was one of the best nutshelling uh, that I have heard in a while. That was, that was well done, man. I, I don't have much to add. I would qualify a couple things. We talked about being intentional and, and giving grace and just the acknowledgement that it is easy to give grace when things are going well. Um, and, and, that, and truly, it, it might not even be giving grace when things are going well. It's just politeness. Giving grace is, is truly when things are hard and, and you are strung out. That is when giving grace is most important. And anything can be weaponized, um, including giving grace. And so the, an important part of that process is that all parties involved are actively seeking to imagine each other as people and as someone who someone loves and, and cares for and has friends and family and hopes and dreams and fears uh, that, that we're allowing the space for that complexity of thinking. And what you were saying really leads me to the idea of ultimately, like it, it's a reflection of our ultimate goal in education, and that is building of a community. And, and I love that we arrived there because that's, that's one of my favorite ideas. So man, appreciate the conversation, man. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my mentor, Jimmy Cassis, he says this every single, he says this all the time. Every time you mm -hmm. get together is an opportunity to create a community. Nice. Right. Our job is to do that every single time. And so be thinking about ways. Every time you have a conversation with someone is a time that you get to build trust to build a relationship, to build that community. And, and that's so important. So important. Well, man, uh, I know we've gone, we've gone over our hour. So thank you for the extra time today. Appreciate perspective. Appreciate your thoughts. Anything else before we head off here? No, the only thing I, I think just the next episode, I, I, I think it'd be really mm -hmm. good to continue this one more time. Talk about COVID. I'd like to get into mm -hmm. some other things, but just the COVID, but you mentioned a word dichotomy. Mm. And it's a word I also have on my board. And it's something that has been a word that I've had to come back to over and over and over through COVID. And that goes into um, leaders and how they had to make decisions and just the different changes regarding leadership and COVID. I think it'd be really good to be able to, to talk about that and some other things as well. I'm looking forward to it. I've got that down. I'm going to do some time thinking about that. And that will be a conversation I'm looking forward to. Thank you, Stefan. I appreciate you, man. And uh, thank you, everyone who joined us to listen in. Thank you all. This has been the Jordan and Stefan Hour. Thanks, everyone. All right, man. Hey, that was fun. I actually enjoyed that one even more than the first one. At first, it was it was hard to get into for me, and then, mm. um, <laughs> and then it just like I don't know. You said something, and it just like sparked me. Like with, mm -hmm. it was really awesome. I mean, there was there was a lot in that. There was a lot of good stuff yeah. in that. There was a lot of good stuff. I mean, when you yeah. were talking about the creating the conditions and the reflection, like mm -hmm. this is stuff that I learned when I was down in Nevada with. Um, we, they called it making the match. And our job was to create the conditions for a kid mm -hmm. to be able to be successful. Yeah. And it was the first time, like literally you blew my mind. Cause like all of a sudden it like connected these two things. And I was just like, that is our job. Our job as leaders is to create the conditions. Like yeah. that's what John Maxwell talks about all the time with leadership is influence. Like you can't control people. There was a big, there was a big revelation for me too, uh, along similar lines. And that was the, um, when we're asking ourselves the question, how do we sustain people? We're asking the wrong question. 
Like that's you, you are not the active agent in people sustaining themselves. It is, it's like if someone tried to come in and be like, okay, Jordan, uh, here's how we're going to sustain you. Okay, Stefan, here's how we're going to sustain you. Like, no, you're not. That's <laughs> <laughs> not going to work. Uh, and so it is like, it is a individual endeavor. Um, and I think getting to that point, that understanding was really not only valuable for like the quality of the conversation, but just for me and my thinking today.